You're listening to the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast, where we help you attract new patients and grow your practice beyond your wildest dreams. Here's your host, two-time Emmy Award winner, Shane Simmons. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. Shane Simmons here talking to y'all today, and... Hopefully you guys are having a really productive week and have been enjoying some of the other episodes that we've been putting out. If you're a first-time listener to the show, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I know there's a lot of different podcasts out there, but this is one where we're going to talk about marketing, leadership, and uh, case acceptance. That's kind of our thing here on the podcast. So with that being said, a couple of just uh, little things to to talk about here before uh, we get into the show. Uh, as I had explained last you know, time in the last episode when we were talking to the folks at Local Med, we uh, just got back from uh, Arizona a couple weeks ago and had a great time out there at Voices of Dentistry and, and looking into you know some other conferences. So if you guys know of any other you know conferences that you've really enjoyed or CE events, uh, yeah, let me know about that. Let me know if there's one I should be checking out because that's one of the things that we're putting on our radar this year is trying to attend more of those. And it's just nice to meet people in person that you, you know, know through Facebook or you know online, but uh, never really get to meet in person. So when you actually do get to meet those people in person, I, I really enjoy that. And uh, so I'm wanting to do more of that this year. So that's kind of the, one of the things uh, on my plate as well. And another thing that's just been like really cool for us uh, here at Crimson Media, uh, which some of you may not know, I'm the CEO of Crimson Media Dental Marketing Firm, is uh, we've just been getting really cool results through our uh, you know, search engine optimization, uh, but then you know piggybacking that with targeted Facebook ads from people who've already visited you know like your website but didn't become patients, and we've been testing out a bunch of different campaigns on that and, and it's been awesome uh you know putting content in front of an already warm audience it's been a lot of fun and so you know we love being in the lab i guess you could say experimenting with different techniques and things and then providing that to to our clients and so that's another thing that we've been doing that's been a lot of fun and have really enjoyed and so that kind of leads me into our episode that we're going to be talking about today And uh, we're going to have Dr. Steven Schlintz on the podcast. He is a practicing dentist down in the beautiful state of North Carolina. And uh, he's a great guy. Met him for the first time in person back in November. I've known him or known of him, you know, before that, of course. But uh, Steven is one of those guys who is uh, really charismatic. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to the things that he's tested, studied, and he's really passionate about self-development, self-growth, and having the right mindset, which is the foundation that you have to set, whether you're a dentist, orthodontist, uh, you know, CEO of your business, whatever it may be, you've got to have the correct mindset and that foundation before you can build upon that and grow the business, grow the profits, grow the impact that you're having. And he knows exactly you know, how to do that. And he's, he's really good uh, at what he does. And so today in our interview with Dr. Steven Schlintz, 
we're going to be talking about things that you know you need to be doing in order to you know really understand your patients, really start you know closing those higher ticket cases, whether they be TMJ, dental implants, uh, ortho, whatever it may be. We're going to talk about you know the mindset that you have to have, and then some of the things that you can do today to like start the process of you know getting you and your team on board and kind of systemizing uh, things in your practice from that standpoint. And then uh, at the end, we're going to be talking about something really cool that uh, he's got as well. So stick around for that because uh, Stephen's thing is you know how you can increase profit year after year without relying on insurance. And let's be honest, I think a lot of us uh, are down with that. I think a lot of us are, are down with having to rely less on insurance and uh, how we can get the right type of patient into our practice. So I'm going to quit talking now. Without further ado, Dr. Steven Schlintz of Mountain Sky Coaching. All right, everybody, pumped for this episode. Steven Schlintz is my guest, and Steven and I we've been like, you know, connected on Facebook, I think for a little bit, but we doesn't connect on Facebook nowadays, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but we like finally saw each other in person at a dental nachos event back in early November of 2018. And, um, you know, afterwards, we we're like, hey, we didn't really get to talk much because we were both like super busy, I think. But now we're circling back around and um, really excited to have him on the show today because Stephen Schlintz is all about case acceptance in your practice. And Let's talk about that for a, sep- a second. I mean, everybody wants to close more cases, whether it's you know ortho, implant, you know, just getting that, that patient to move forward with getting that crown that they need, whatever it may be, it's super important in your practice. And so, Stephen, first, uh, before we get into it, though, give us a little background on, on yourself and how you kind of got to this point where you're at today. That's a great question. Um, a little background on me. I graduated from UNC uh, School of Dentistry, 2012. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was a great time to graduate. I moved from Michigan. Um, the economy was picking back up, which was awesome. And uh, was an associate for a year, worked in a PPO Medicaid-based practice. I uh, realized pretty early on I learned a ton of skills there, but that was not how I wanted to structure my own practice. Um, and so started looking and bought an existing practice uh, that was fee for service, but literally and figuratively dying. And most of my patients were 95 years old. And uh, that was in the mountains of North Carolina, Hendersonville, which uh, for those of you who know is just south of Asheville, uh, the Biltmore House, things like that. That's where the practice is. Um, kind of a vacation spot. Uh, not necessarily a thriving economy, but um, a great place to live, um, great place to practice. Uh, but I was finding that like I wanted something more out of my practice. So um, there's a lot of talk, and I know you know about, uh, you know, Paul Goodman talks about the Amazoning of dentistry and what this all looks like, and um, are fee for service dentists even going to survive in 20 years? And uh, I refuse to believe that fee for service dentistry was going to die. Uh, but I knew that it had to be practiced a little bit differently than most people talk about. You can't survive on just crowns and fillings and and hope that somebody's going to stay with you because you've been a great dentist and things like that. So um, I immediately started to look at how do you create a more wellness-oriented, comprehensive-style practice, and uh, that led me on a journey. I started to find mentors. Um, I went to the Schuster Center for um, Management Training. 
Uh, started to learn all the clinical aspects of dentistry, uh, started with Spear, went to the Texas Center for Occlusal Studies, learned how to handle you know, severe wear cases, TMJ cases, fell in love with that aspect of dentistry. Uh, but I was finding like, I still can't get patients to say yes. And um, that really led me on a journey to go inside and outside of dentistry, um, started to, to study more marketing and salespeople outside of dentistry and say, well, how can I take some of the elements that I know and have learned through management training and take some sales skills that I've learned outside of dentistry, kind of combine those two together and really move patients. I have a very distinct practice that I'm very health oriented um, and put a structure in place to help move them on that path to complete wellness. Um, that takes a different type of practice and it also takes a different type of um, strategy and system when it comes to case acceptance. And um, it's been fun and a journey. And now I love, you know, helping others any way that I can increase their case acceptance because we've all been there. Um, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on technical training. And most dentists that I've seen, they go to all these CE courses and they want to do more of it. And yet they're still doing single tooth dentistry left and right. And they, they have a hard time getting this stuff off the shelf. And uh, I think that there is a proven strategy to get that done. Steven, that's um, something that sounds like you picked up on fairly early was that you knew that you may not necessarily uh, be 100% uh, you know, where you needed to be as far as closing cases, but that's, that's got to be a hard reality, I think, for anyone to come to because you hate to admit maybe it's you. It's always the patient, right? Well, the patient doesn't have the money or the patient isn't ready uh, is that really, you know, we're going to get into it in a second, but is that kind of like the first step is realizing that, hey, I have some improvement here. These are things I need to be working on uh, versus, you know, putting it off on the patient? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually, it, you know, when I talk to dentists myself and I'm working with dentists, like I don't ever lead with that because usually they're hanging up the phone almost immediately. Like, no, 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 <laughs> it's, it's my patients, it's yeah. insurance, it's all these questions. No, it has nothing to do with that. First and foremost, it's you. It's your mindset, it's your belief system, it's your paradigms. Um, oftentimes I find it funny if I'm working with clients, you know, and, and I'm working with a dentist and they talk about my patients never have enough money. And yet their first objection whenever they do coaching is the money. I don't have the money, I don't have this, right? Yeah. Like those internal beliefs that you hold, those get projected on others as well. So um, I did a lot of uh, study, you know, we talked a little bit about this, uh, really dug into Bob Proctor's material ended up being a consultant for his company um, just because I, the way that he approached sales, the way that he approached mindset, the way that he approached belief systems, I'm saying, this is missing in dentistry. This is missing for a lot of dentists. Um, and until you can come to that realization and that reality that you create uh, this, the sales environment, you're in control of it much more than you think you are. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult. And so you got to check your attitude when you first start. You got to check your own belief systems. You know, if you feel that your patients aren't going to be able to afford it, guess what? They're not going to be able to afford it. And so um, Grant Cardone talks about this. You got to treat everybody like they're a millionaire. And if you start treating people like they're a millionaire, they'll find money that you didn't even know that they had um, because you're treating them differently. You're acting towards them differently. If you treat them like they're poor, they're going to act like they're poor. And, um, you know, those are things all internal that we as dentists can control. Um, but it does take some work and it, it takes, it takes a spotlight on yourself and say, what parts of my process am I deficient in? What parts of my mindset um, do I have to change in order for me to go where I need to go? And, and that is a reality that 
you know, until we can face that as dentists, we are always going to blame a third party. We're always going to blame somebody outside of ourselves. It, the problem is you can't change everybody outside of yourself. The only person you can change is you. And uh, that's really where it all starts. Boom. That's, that's the magic there. All the greats, anyone who's done something great, uh, whether it be in dentistry, whether it's in business, uh, whatever, that's it. That's it. They'll, they'll all tell you the same thing. It, it starts with mindset. And if you've ever read, um, and hopefully everybody listening's read it, if you haven't, you definitely have to, but Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, like all time classic book, right? Uh, that's one of the things that it, it comes down to before you, know, you got to think it, you know, you think it to realization essentially. And so with that being said, Stephen, um, you know, say I'm a doctor and you're a dentist and the, you know, I'm thinking, okay, uh, maybe this he's onto something here. You know, what can I be doing? What's the kind of the approach that you take when you're talking to a client and, and they're saying, listen, Stephen, you know, I'm turning this all over to you. How, how do I get this thing on the right track so I can really start growing the practice? Uh, what are some things that you start with and kind of walk us through that process a little bit? Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a, I call it a dental sales success cycle and there's 10 different points. I'm not going to go in all 10 points, but really where it starts is vision and clarity. And so you do have to understand who are you as a practice? Like, what do you stand for? Who do you ideally serve? Um, I talk a lot about who's your ideal patient. Right. And I find that a lot of dentists struggle with that question because they go, well, my ideal patient is somebody who pays. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, who's your ideal patient? Like, who's the person that you said, if this person walked into my practice every day, I would be absolutely honored, humbled, love to serve them, know what their problems are, all of those things. Like, who is that person for you? Because I feel your whole sales process is going to cater towards that person. Your whole marketing approach is going to cater towards that person and it makes everything a lot easier. And so, you know, for me, for example, like I know who my ideal patient is. It's mid forties female has been through probably ortho two, three times, still gets headaches, still gets neck pain, has looked at chiropractors, looked at every possible solution. Um, and you know, aesthetically wants to look a little bit better, but they also have been everywhere and they're just frustrated. They're, they're bent out of shape. Now, what's funny is most dentists would not want that patient, right? <laughs> so I love that because I can actually go into other dental practices and, and talk about who we serve, how we serve them. And that is my ideal patient. It's like your niche, your niche. That's down. my niche. It's my niche in dentistry. You have to craft your blue ocean in dentistry, especially if you're fee for service. Like you can't do it. I don't think you can do it any other way if you're a solo provider. And I don't necessarily ascribe to the idea that like you have to have a group practice, you have to, you're going to have to consolidate and that's not how you do it. Like in order to actually, in my opinion and what I've seen to thrive in a fee for service environment as a solo provider is you have to be totally different. You almost have to be 180, the opposite direction of what everybody else is doing. Right? Wow. So if everybody else is trying to see more patients and 60 new patients a month, I'll take four, right? But I know those four are that ideal customer that came in, that ideal person that I want to see. And now when I get my process involved with that person, I literally, like patients will tell me, I feel like you're speaking directly to me with your marketing. Like, you know exactly what I'm going through. And that's because I do, because I know exactly who you are as a customer, right? Yeah. So I think when you do that, you have to understand if you can do that effectively, the back end process 
is so much easier because now you can just have a conversation with this patient. I bet you I know exactly what you've done. You probably have seen three or four physicians at this point. They can't tell you what's going on. You see a neurologist, they can't tell you what's going on. I, I've seen this over and over and over. And I'm not saying that to like tell you that the only way that this works is to have a patient, like a practice that way. But you can do the same thing with um, implants. You can do the same thing with, you know, whatever, whatever blue ocean you craft. Sleep apnea is a big one. Airway. Um, there's so many different avenues in dentistry that you can, you can kind of niche yourself into, but it starts with having that vision, the clarity, and then ultimately making a decision. Like, where are we going as a practice? Let's make that decision first. It's called um, committed decisions. Like, I, you know, you have patients all the time that tell you, Doc, if I had the money, Doc, um, <laughs> I'd love to go on vacation. I'll have the money. Yeah. And this is my Bob Proctor training. I don't tell this to patients because they get a little bit annoyed. But yeah. the reality is they're never going to have the money. Yeah. The reason they're never going to have the money is they haven't made a decision to actually go on that trip. The second they book the ticket, magically the money appears. Right. Right. It's the same thing with patients. I'd love to do that crown, but I don't have the money to do that. Not true. You haven't made a decision to be healthy yet. The second you make that decision to be healthy, you'll find the money for the crown. Yeah. And so for me, it's all about the process of getting them to commit to something, not necessarily a crown or implants or whatever, but getting them to commit to a fundamental choice, which in my office is health. If I can get them to commit to health, I now can give them a lot of different options that all are going to help them move in that path. And now it's a sequence. Now it's a series of steps. It's not me taking a case that's $35,000, presenting it in front of them and wondering why they say no. It's still going to be 35,000, but it's a series of steps now that I can test that fundamental decision they made, which was, I said, I wanted to be healthy with, okay, now, now we're going to determine how you're going to get healthy, what path you're going to get, what level of health do you want to achieve and how can I help you? That is that done? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and when you do that, just to clarify for our listeners, is that done, you know, like all in one appointment? Is that something that you are kind of constantly, you know, having that conversation over a certain period of time? Mm -hmm. Does that vary? What, what's that look like from, from a timeline perspective? I'm old school. Um, so a lot of my mentors um, kind of really believed in that kind of Bob Barkley style of interview, guided tour, uh, review of findings and possibilities appointment. And uh, I know a lot of dentists now, like, I don't have time for that. I'm like, you don't have time not for that. Because the reality is you get one shot at your new patient experience. So I fundamentally believe the new patient experience is everything. Uh, for example, I had a patient that came in, she hadn't seen the dentist in 17 years. She wanted this fixed and this fixed, but I'm looking going, you know, the reality is, I know we can fix those things, but let's, let's take a step back and actually think, where do you want to be 20 years from now? Not where do you want to be three months from now? And that involves an interview. And then it involves figuring out what their wants and goals are. And there's ways you can do that. Um, and it's not throwing everything at them at once. Dentists want to talk all the time, right? So we don't listen. We want to talk. And even as people go through an interview process, asking them a series of questions isn't necessarily going to lead anywhere. It's, it's getting the patient to understand that when you go through the process correct, the, the patient's going to have their own epiphany. That what they've been doing in the past has led to more disease. So in order for me to do something different, I'm going to actually have to do something different. It's not the dentist, it's me. Just like we were talking about the dentist has to take responsibility at the beginning. The patient ultimately has to take responsibility of the disease they can control because 
if you do veneers, you do cosmetic work, any of these things, if you put complete care into a broken down system, your work will not last. So there are some pieces that have to go into it. And I found that the interview process for me is the most important thing I do. I talk a lot about what does health even look like, right? And then I'm going to be able to compare later when we do an exam, their mouth to what optimal health looks like, what really bad disease looks like, and where they at on the spectrum. And then from there, they have a choice. Um, I actually literally have a road slide. So I have a road that's like patched and broken. We, you live in uh, Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. And I lived in Michigan, potholes everywhere. Especially Everything is patched. <laughs> and then literally two years later, they patch a road. Two years later, the same thing happens. They patch it again. Eventually, the road still needs to be replaced. But now you've patched these roads over and over and over again. You've spent all this time, energy, and money on something that doesn't even work. So I'm thinking of ways that I can tie them to let's do something complete, but it does take their partnership. So the interview, a guided tour of their mouth, photos, then we bring them back for a possibilities appointment, right? Which is all about like, let's just figure out where you're at and where you want to go. And then do we need more records? Do we need this? Do we need that? Um, it's a very specific style. And you don't need to do it for things when patients already know like, wow, I need a lot of work, right? So one of the big you know, buzzwords and, and things that we talk about a lot is all on force. I think that that process is a little bit different because when patients come in, was joke. It's kind of like buying a car. I always laugh. Like how hard could it be to be a car salesman nowadays? Like people know they're going to spend anywhere between 30 and 70 grand on their car. It's going to get financed. And the car salesman literally, by the time you come in, you've kind of done your research, you know what it's going to cost, you know, all these things. How hard is that? Right. If you contrast that to somebody that has TMJ, for example, completely unaware of their problem, they just know they have one. They don't know it's dental. They don't even know what toothwear looks like. And now I'm going to present the same way that I would present an all in four with toothwear and say, you know, it's going to be $70,000 and this is what's going to be involved. Nine times out of 10, that patient's leaving. Yeah. So the process is a little different. And part of that process is understanding you got to slow down to speed up. So you do have to meet them where they're at. And it might take three appointments and they might be ready to go, but it might take three years of just, Let's set the groundwork. Let's start taking care of perio, then tooth decay. Then we can look at your bite. Then we can figure these things out. And I think dentists are in such a hurry. I don't know if it's economic pressures or what it's it, what is it, but it's like I got to do all this at once and present everything. And I might need to present everything because it's like my legal obligation to tell everybody risks and benefits and this and that. Listen, like slow down and like skip half the. You're going to say it like <laughs> you like don't just, need to do all that. It's just overthinking it and, and then sometimes getting way too clinical in it as well oh, and not really peeling back that layer of what is like you said, like these people are going through and they have to go through the epiphany moment. And it's like, you've got to be able to ask the right questions, but you need to be listening more than you're talking. And you touched on that earlier. And I think that's, really important um, when we're talking about case acceptance. So, so one of the things that I want to ask you is if somebody is, you know, starting uh, you know, this process and I think everybody really needs to be, you know, educated in this or always continuing their education in case acceptance. It's one of those things that you don't, you don't just nail it and then you're, you're done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's constantly a learning curve and understanding people, which can also be why it's so much fun to get into it. But if you were to break down, Stephen, like 
you know, three different uh, tiers or three different steps that someone needs to take. And we may have touched on it a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. three steps somebody needs to take to really begin that process of uh, increasing their, their patient uh, case acceptance. What would you narrow that down to? Yeah, great question. Um, honestly, the first thing that we already talked about, making a decision and then identifying who your ideal patient actually is. Um, I know that doesn't sound sexy, but it's, it's the truth because it does make everything a lot easier. Um, and then I think the, the case acceptance process itself, there's really two things you got to get good at. Um, the, the first one is communication. And now we're, you're going to get a lot of case acceptance, whether it's a course that you go to development. That's, that's kind of, kind of the buzzword. That's what everybody talks about. How do you communicate better? How do you get your team to communicate better? Very important right? How do you persuade somebody? How do you do this? That's very, very important, but it's not the be all end all. I believe that the other element that's usually missed is the actual structure of the process itself. The sales environment, the sales process is a system and a structure, right? You don't communicate yourself to closing, right? It's a, it's a logical series of yeses. You put this in place that the structure itself will solve a lot of your problems. Cause I'm going to be honest, I'm not a good communicator. Most dentists aren't. We're not built that way. You, you touched on it earlier. We're technically driven. We want to talk about crown preps. We want to talk about margins. We want to talk about root canals and things like that. It's not in our nature to be able to simplify concepts and then present them in ways that people can understand. Yeah. We're usually not very good at it. Okay. And so you can either fight the existing paradigm, which is suddenly drastically change your communication style or you build a structure that allows you to communicate how you normally would communicate, but the structure, it solves the problem itself. And that's where I think really breaking down your process and understanding, okay, what are some simple things I can do to change this environment? First thing I tell every dentist, if you're fee for service practice, not everybody is going to see you first, but the more patients you can see first, the better your practice will run. And it sounds crazy, but like if you see the hygienist first as a patient, I've already lost that ability to connect with my patient and they're now in a, in a traditional structure that they've seen before. Everything about my new patient process is changing the environment the patient is used to. Because again, it goes back to that epiphany. If what I've been doing in the past isn't working, why would I think this dentist is any different if their structure looks exactly the same? Right. So I take time with the patient up front. I'm setting up the interview and I just listen and say, okay, so what are you, what are you looking for? What brings you here? And then I do the three generalizations. And I think this is kind of something that I learned over the years. And it really does help me because when you ask patients what they want, most have no freaking clue. Like they just don't. And unless they're looking for cosmetics or whatever, usually they come in, they, I want a cleaning. I want this. I want that. Well, why do you want those things? Right. The reason that patients want that is because they think the cleaning in a six month appointment is going to get them healthier. Now, here's the reality. Patients don't want to be there. Dentists don't even want to be. Nobody wants to be with the dentist. I get that. Right. So you have to create an environment that your patient says, if I follow his structure, I probably won't have to be here as much. That's a win for me. So um, one thing that I always tell my dentist when you're starting, just generalize everything and say, listen, Mrs. Jones, you know, the three things that I have found all my patients want are these. And if you disagree with any of them, let's talk about it. But 
you know, 99% of my patients want these three things, okay? First thing they want is they want health. They don't want disease. You're not here to get more disease. You're here to get healthier, correct? Of course, right? That's a given. Second thing you want is the least amount of dentistry possible to achieve that level of health that you want. And what I mean by that is you don't want crowns, you don't want root canals, you don't want implants, you don't want anything, right? And they're like, of course. Now, this is the thing. This is a side note. This is what dentists actually try to communicate, how great their CRX are and all this. That actually doesn't matter because patients don't want any of that stuff. Yeah, and, and it, let's, let's be honest too. You're building trust with you because how many times, if you listen to some of these forums and stuff, dentists are conspiring to the toothpaste is you know, rotting your teeth so that biz, you know, dentists can stay in business and all of this stuff. You are flipping the script and you're saying right off the bat, I don't want to have to you know, give you a, a new crown. Like, ideally, you come in here, you get your cleanings, and you're gone. That, that's it, right? That's period. And I tell patients, and I know it's crazy, I'm like, you don't have to even get cleanings here, right? Because the reality is if you know it causes disease and you could prevent that, the only thing you really need me for, honestly, you could take an iPhone photo of your tongue and your cheeks and I could tell you what's going on. Like, you don't need to see me, right? It's a myth, but we've kind of bought into the myth and that's what I'm doing. So like that second point is about building instant bond and rapport. Like, listen, I'm here on your side. I have to be on your side. I'm serving you. I'm not serving your insurance company. I'm not serving, you know, whatever money that you have. And then that goes into the third point. I said, and the third point is you want to spend the least amount of or money possible in dentistry over your lifetime to achieve health. We're not a bank. You don't want to make your deposit here, right? So I had to, as a dentist, and Mrs. Jones says, yes, those are the three things I want. And then this is where it's really important. I said, Mrs. Jones, you might notice that we're already different because we're sitting in a consult room having an interview with you before we even look at your teeth. The reason that I do certain things in my office is because I'm really driven on helping you get those three things. And so things might look a little bit different. We might do something different than you're used to, but you have to understand that my focus is to help you get those three things you said you want. It builds instant bond and rapport. It builds instant trust. And here's the important thing. How many times have you, as a dentist, have had a patient come from another dentist and then they're comparing you to the other dentist, right? Or you come in and like, you know, you buy an existing practice. I had to go for years and just like not do anything different because, you know, Dr. the older so dentist. didn't do it that way. <laughs> it opens you up to having a communication with your patient about why you're different, right? And it goes back and it ties back to what they said they wanted. And so these three things are absolutely essential. And then, like I said, I always talk about health versus disease first. And here's the problem. Most dentists will take photos and then they're going to immediately look at those photos and then compare it to health and disease. I don't want to do that. I actually want to show them what I'm looking for in every patient. Now, they're not all going to get to that level, but they need to know what health actually looks like before we start. And so some simple things you can do is that three things. Um, I talk about that a lot. And then if you have the structure on the back end to actually support that, you really can, you can move so much faster in the, in the process by, by doing those three things because you can always tie it back to those three things they said they wanted. Wow. If, if I had little emoji bombs all over the screen, if I could put those on the screen right now, I would do that. Steven's dropping some major value bombs uh, on us right here. That, that was really, really good. Um, a lot of points from there. I want to talk about, um, so first, I guess let's go into, um, you know, mountain sky coaching. 
because like this is like Steven's life. Like he lives and breathes this stuff and you can tell uh, in his passion and, and how he's elaborating here. But talk a little bit though about uh, you have Mount Sky Coaching and you actually have a, a course that goes way more in depth than this than we just did. We kind of just barely scratched the surface, but talk a little bit about that and, and what your students get out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the course that I have is Dental Sales Secrets and it's, it's really a labor of love for me. Um, I know that a lot of dentists struggle with this and I got so sick of watching it. it. The, the answer is not technical dentistry guys. Like it really is not. You have to develop your sales skills. You have to, you have to fall in love with the idea of sales when you have really high technically trained gifts, right? You guys all have gifts that you can give to your patients and you're not able to do it because you're not able to close this gap. No one's winning. So you got to fall in love with the idea that like we can do things that nobody else can do. I need to be able to deliver this. So dental sales secrets was all the training that I had put my own spin on it. What works in the practice? What doesn't work? And uh, it's basically all those 10 things that I talked about the dental sales success cycle broken down in detail. Um, there's a lot of team element components to it where, you know, I was finding, you know, what's the second part the dentist knows and then they can't communicate what they do with their team. So the team can't follow through on the doctor's promise, which is a big problem. And so, you know, dental sales secrets is all about, it's really, it, honestly, it's, it's geared towards that ideal client of mine, which is comprehensive based dentist, either fee for service or moving in that direction, wants to escape insurance involvement, doesn't know how to do it, but this gives you the tools to be able to get insurance independent. And then how do you actually create a process that patients can say yes to 20, 30, 40, $50,000 cases and do it predictably and reasonably and not blow them out of the water, but also lead patients towards a healthier path, right? That's one thing that's been missing in a lot of courses that I've seen is just how do you set up a structure that allows patients to say yes, but it's repeatable and it doesn't like, it doesn't involve you having massive communication skills, right? It's the structure takes care of it for you. And uh, it's an evergreen product. It, it literally is always, always being developed. Um, I'm always adding content to it because I'm learning stuff that works and doesn't work. And then I bring it back to the students. Like this is working, this isn't working. And this is how you can put it in your practice. Yeah. And this is what I always talk about guys too. And this is uh, really important is that, there are, I don't even know how many, but so many different, think about all the different combination possibilities there are on a lock. Like, think mm -hmm. about that for a second. And if you're just going about your life trying to figure out, you know, which combination works, it's going to take you a long, long time. Cut through the noise, do it quickly and find somebody who has found the combination to that lock and just follow them and, and do what they tell you. Like, Guys, you will not believe how much better like things are going to be in your practice and in your life when you do that. And that's exactly what this uh, Stephen is offering here for you guys. And so that's something that I think everybody needs to think about is, again, this is a topic where it's constantly, we're constantly refining and you're testing things and you're bringing that back to your students. And when you start closing a few of those 20, 30, $40,000 cases, like those can be game changers for the practice ultimately and helping you get where you want to go. So that's super important. Um, so Steven, I guess next step would be because, you know, I'm super intrigued by this. I've had a chance to look inside the program too, guys. You are going to want to check this out. Uh, how can they learn more about the program, get in contact with you? Uh, how do they go about doing that? Yeah. The really, honestly, the, the link that I'm going to give for you is, um, 
it's really kind of a, it's a screening tool for me because this is my baby. Um, so it is structured for a very specific type of dentist. Um, it's not for everybody. And so that link that I'm going to take you basically goes through a 15 or 20 minute video on what kind of dentist do you want to be and how can I help get you there? And if dental sales secrets is the answer, great. If not, I'd be happy to send you someplace. One of the amazing parts of doing this for the last five years and having so many mentors and, and what you said is so true. Um, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaches. If you can find somebody who's basically taken that information and distilled it and put it into a practice for any business, it speeds up your learning curve. It's what Tony Robbins talked about. Like go find somebody that's read a bunch of books and then go follow them. And you're going to get all the information from the books in a real world application. And so, you know, whether it's me, whether it's somebody else, just find mentors that are doing what you want to do and then go model them, go model what works because that's what works, right? We all do that. And the more successfully you can do that, the, the shorter your learning curve. And we all know as a young dentist, if your learning curve is long, by the time you start actually making money, you're supposed to be retired, right? So like, that's a problem. Um, so you want to shorten that as much as possible. So if you go to go.mountainskycoaching.com slash freedom, um, there's a video that you can go and then you can schedule a complimentary coaching call with me. I really do want to make sure that it's a fit for you because um, the worst thing that could possibly happen is you spend even more money on training you don't need. It doesn't fit your practice. It doesn't fit your style. Um, that's not what I'm about as a coach. Um, it is a labor of love for me. And uh, it's something that I'm deeply passionate about because I really do want to help Dennis overcome this. Yeah, I'm going to be putting that link, guys, in the description uh, below, and you'll be able to check that out. So it'll be a link to the Mountain Sky uh, coaching video. And so all you have to do is click there, and that will take you right to that uh, video that Stephen was talking about. And really, go check this out because this, again, uh, no matter what kind of marketing you're doing in your practice or what type of referral program, anything that you do, this is only going to help you know, grow that even stronger. And it's also going to have, I think, resound effects just on the, on the team that you build around you as well, being able to, to teach this to others in your practice too. So Steven, thank you so much for being on the show. This was really great. And I know that I, I look at this, this is like eight o'clock at night and I'm like pumped up now after we're, we've been talking about this. So I, I get really into this stuff, but uh, no, that was really great. And uh, looking forward, everybody, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, about this and be sure to go into the description and, and check out Steven's work. And thanks again, man, for being on the show. Of course, Shane. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So be sure to go check that out. Uh, you know, go to the, uh, that link that we provided there in the description. And uh, Dr. Schlentz is going to provide that uh, the case study on, again, how to increase profit year after year without relying on insurance. And he, you know, breaks down the three mistakes that most dentists make that locks them into insurance contracts and how if you if you've dealt with it, you know how frustrated frustrating that can be. So go check them out. This is a free case study. Uh, you know what's it going to hurt? You know, go check it out. See if this may be something that might be able to help you and ultimately make your practice more profitable and just allow you to better serve your patients, which is what this really needs to come down to. Uh, at the end of the day. So go check out that link and be sure to subscribe to the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. We would love to have you subscribe and, and leave us a review. Uh, that means the world to us. So, you know, we really appreciate that. And of course, if you are looking to grow your dental practice using proven online marketing systems, then reach out to Crimson Media. Uh, we You can go to our website, crimsonmediagroup.com, crimsonmediagroup.com. 
com and there's a contact button up at the top and you can uh, you know reach out to us there we've got you know pay, uh, client testimonials and different services and everything that we offer uh, we're doing dental marketing differently and we're bringing a breath of fresh air back into the dental marketing space uh, we are not a corporate a uh, big corporate firm that you have to call a help center to get help none of that like very personalized boutique uh, individualized marketing firm so if you're looking to grow your practice or you're just running out of answers and you want to generate new patient volume and better patients, then be sure to reach out to us at crimsonmediagroup.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful day. Go out there, learn something new, apply it in your life, in your business, and let's go. Let's do it. Have a great day.